Welcome to the Unveiling Grace podcast, a place to experience a grace that heals. Allow this grace to take your life and your relationships to another level as it frees you from the weight of performance-based religion. Enjoy another episode as Joel Groh and Lynn Wilder share encouraging stories and candid dialogue that can help you experience a grace that heals. Hi, and welcome to another episode of our Unveiling Grace podcast. I'm Joel Grote, with me is Lynn Wilder, and a special guest, Mary Hilding, who Lynn will introduce in a minute. But before we get into our interview with Mary, I just wanted to say thank you so much to all of you who listen, who have visited us on iTunes and have left either a review or a rating or left comments. Those are so encouraging to us. And if you're a listener and you've been blessed or encouraged or helped in some way and you haven't left a review or rating, then we would love for you to do that because that helps us get the word out to other people. It encourages us and it encourages the people we are able to share them with. So, uh, without any further ado, Lynn, I would like you to introduce Mary to our audience today. This is Mary Hilding. She's much younger than I am and much cuter. And um, she <laughs> encountered our ministry, oh, I, four or five years ago. She's gonna tell you all of that. Mary, to me, has a fascinating story. She has, um, for a young woman, has been some interesting places and she has settled with our Lord in a deep and abiding way. And like so many of the people that we work with in ministry, she's become a dear and personal friend of ours. Um, we are in her hometown, El Paso, Illinois, this afternoon. Hi, oh, Mary. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Lynn and Joel. Absolutely. We're delighted that you're with us, Mary. So we're eager to hear. Tell us where you've been, my dear. I will just start with my growing up years. I grew up in a Christian home. My dad was United Methodist preacher. So I had very loving, um, loving, caring parents. Um, and when I was about 14, my dad passed away and we had just moved to El Paso four months prior. Um, and so between trying to fit into the school, losing a dad, it was a huge shock to me. And all I wanted to do was be with my dad. And so I fell into a really bad state of depression um, and tried um, ending my life about a month after my dad died. Wow. And so I just, I just went on with life, did not get along with any of my siblings. I'm one of eight. My mom wow. and I. That's a lot of siblings to not that, get along with. <laughs> that is a lot of siblings, yes. Um, my mom and I did not get along either. And, um, and there would be times where I would tell my mom that I wish she was dead if, you know, if my dad could come back to life. And, um, but now looking back at it, I would not trade her for the world. Yeah. And so, so I ended up, um, when I was 18, ended up going off and doing youth with the mission and was involved with, with YWAM for three and a half years. When I went off to do YWAM, my, my mom and I's relationship really turned, did a, um, a turn and did a 180. For the better or for the worse? For the, for the better, for the okay. better. <laughs> um, 
and it and God just really opened my eyes and just made me see how important family was to me and now I get along with all my siblings all 22 of my nieces and nephews um so yeah so that's that's really nice <laughs> that's amazing that, yeah that is amazing God God is God is amazing so after that, I went off and did, did college um, down in Tennessee, went to a Christian school. When I was okay. down there, I started playing rugby. And, um, and as most people know, rugby is a very, very, um, very, very intense sport. Yep, intense, and, very physical. Yep, yep. And so I played for a year, and that was when I started uh, looking at women differently. I started feeling attracted to them. I knew that my friends and family would not approve. And so I hid it for a couple years. And um, then I transferred um, to a school in Southern Illinois just to be closer to my grandparents who were not doing very good. Okay. And, um, and so that way I would only have to drive four hours instead of nine hours to get to them if something happened. Yeah, so were you like the main person in charge of their care or their welfare? I was not, but I I really um, had a special place in my heart for my my dad's mom. Sure. Um, who he was the he was the only child, and so she her health started to decline after he passed away. Right. Okay. Well, that makes a lot of sense then, because that's a very close tie then to your father, who you were still missing incredibly, I'm sure. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Then um, I, so I started going to school down in Southern Illinois near St. Louis, found a rugby team there and I joined it. And I felt for the first time in many years, I felt like I had found my safe place because over half the team there were lesbians. Wow. Okay. And so, um, and so I joined it and, but I knew like deep down inside, I knew that, um, I knew that my mom, you know, that my siblings would not approve. Um, and so I had no clue what to do. Right. And so I, we were on a tournament down in Arkansas and I took a bunch of pills hoping to end my life. Cause at that time, that's all I thought is what I could do. And so, um, I ended up in a psych ward down in, in St. Louis for a week. And wow. when you're, when you're in a place like that, you definitely have lots of time to think. Um, and so I basically was like, you know what, I need to come out like, this is who I am. Um, and I felt like I was born this way. And so, uh, so I ended up, when I got out of the psych ward, ended up coming out to my friends and family. Um, I had people tell me that I was going to hell because I chose that way of living. Yeah. And, um, and it, it really like put a wedge between my relationship with them. <laughs> really? <laughs> right. Sure. <laughs> um, I wonder why. Anyway, right. yes, I'm so sorry. Yeah. That, and that happens so, so often. Yeah. Um, and so then, so then I started dating. I started dating women. Um, one got me into smoking pot and drinking. And, and during the whole entire time I was living the lifestyle, my mom would always tell me, you know what, 
like God was looking out for you during the whole entire time. People were praying for you. Um, and I mean, I definitely know that that's true. I definitely know that prayer is, prayer is a powerful thing. Absolutely. I, so I, so I stopped dating mm -hmm. her and, um, dated a, dated a gal for three years. I found out six months into the lifestyle that she only wanted to be with me because I basically paid all her bills. Wow. Okay. Um, That's kind of opportunistic. Right. But we, but at that time, like I wanted to be loved and I knew that like she pretended to love me. And so I just went with it. We even had a union ceremony. Did you realize at the time that this abandonment that you probably felt from your father dying at such a key time um, played into this overwhelming desire to feel loved, need, need to feel loved? No, I didn't. I didn't really think at that, at that time that it was because, you know, of losing my dad. Yeah, because uh, you, were, you were how old again when your father died? I was 14. Yeah, wow. Yeah. I have four daughters, and so um, I remember them all well at the age of 14 and just a huge time of trying to find yourself and vulnerability and figure out relationships and where that's going to go and so much dreaming. And so, man, to lose him then. Absolutely. So yeah. hard. Yeah, I always, I always, I mean, ever since I was little, like always dreamt of my dad walking me down the aisle, always dreamt of, you know, like, be, you know, having the daddy-daughter dance, coming to my sporting events, and and I was actually the closest to my dad. Of all your out eight of, siblings? Out of all eight of my siblings, yep. Well, I was okay. the closest. We ended up, so we ended up dating for three years, and um, and it just got to the point where, thankfully, God brought um, a Christian counselor in my life who spoke truth to me okay. and basically said, um, you know, I don't believe that you're born gay. I believe stuff happens from birth to their first memory um, that would cause them to grow up believing that way. But for me, losing my dad at such a primitive age was really hard for me. And that's, and I, and I totally believe, I totally believe what she said. Um, this girl and I got into a huge fight and I ended up leaving and leaving the lifestyle. But during this time, during when I was with her, she introduced me to the Mormon church. Um, oh, okay. We lived, we lived about an hour and 15 minutes from Nauvoo, Illinois. Sure. And we would go there all the time. Like usually in July, we'd go a lot of times for the pageant that yep. goes on there. Yes. Yeah, the and, Nauvoo pageant was yep. one of the three biggest that they hold. Yep. And I was actually considered the Nauvoo pageant convert. And one year they actually had me write my testimony and they sent them out to all the missionaries that were there in Nauvoo at the oh, time. Oh, really? Yep. <laughs> wow. Yep. The, LD, the LDS missionaries. Yeah, yes. the LDS missionaries. So then I, and I told myself, you know, if I were to leave this lifestyle, the Mormon church is where I want to go because they're very good in community. Um, they're very good in, and, and some of their teachings were just, you know, I totally agreed with it. And because I felt like Christians at the time were very judgmental. Yes. Um, and I yep. didn't see them. I didn't see them as caring. Looking back at it now, I know that they were just doing it out of love. But at the time, you know, I just felt like it was very judgmental. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So when I left the, the gay lifestyle, I 
jumped headfirst into Mormonism. Um, I actually joined the church three months after leaving the gay lifestyle. Wow, um, okay. So did you feel like in some ways Mormonism would be helpful to stay away from that lifestyle? I definitely think in a way. And just because I know what their stance is on homosexuality. Yes, yep. Um, but at the same time, I knew that what I desired in that lifestyle was, you know, someone to love me. And I know that I know that it's just community based in the Mormon church. And so, you know, I knew that I would have really strong sisters in, you know, in, in the Mormon church to to love me. And OK, we're all wired for uh, intimacy. We're wired for relationships. We're wired to feel um, desired to feel wanted, uh, to feel that we value or, ma or matter to someone. Mm -hmm. And, and that's all, I, you know, that's all holy. That's of God. And unfortunately, the world we live in provides lots of uh, ways to find that, that aren't God honoring and that actually, I don't know, leave us open to sometimes greater hurt and disappointment because if it's not the intimacy that God has desired, that God has planned and formed and really kind of wired us for, then it's not going to satisfy. Right. And really, ultimately, if we're not looking to God first to satisfy those desires for acceptance and approval, um, if we're not going to, if we can't get them first from God, then nothing else is going to fill that deep hole that's there exactly yep exactly so okay so you join so you jump into the mormon church because of your previous exposure because you were aware of it because of um your former partner was she lds herself she had joined the church okay um i think one of the reasons why she joined the church was because she wanted to go to the temple and write sure. a book, write a book about the temple. Okay. And so um, it ended up getting published. And but once she was able to go to the temple, she left. Oh wow! Church. Okay. So yeah. she was just kind of using her church membership to to get to something that she had wanted to do personally. Correct. But in the meantime, she opened you up to it. And correct. And once that relationship was done, then that's where you turn to fill the void. Correct. And when I first met Mary, she was really connected in community to the Mormon folks um, near her hometown and in Nauvoo. Very, okay. very connected and felt loved, right? And mm -hmm. had kind of surrogate family there. Yep. Yep. I was considered the Nauvoo granddaughter. Um, all the okay. missionaries knew me. Um, so and a lot of them are elderly. Right? Yeah, a lot okay. of them are, are yep, they're all a lot of them are elderly. So I continued um going to Nauvoo and jumped headfirst into callings at my at my ward and okay. um and ended up after four months ended up moving back home to El Paso and started going to a church, started going to a ward in Bloomington. Illinois. Okay. Yeah. And that's when I met, I met a guy who 
um, I really, really liked. Mm -hmm. And so we started talking and one day he asked me out. So we started going out. Um, we dated for two months and then he proposed to me. Um, and he was in the Mormon church as well. Okay. So we ended up taking a church, a trip out to Utah to see some friends of ours. And on our way back, I stopped in Colorado to see a friend and she basically like gave me the third degree of why I had joined the Mormon church. She knew my background was Methodist. She knew I'd been involved in YWAM, but she didn't understand why I would join the Mormon church. Okay. And so was she a Mormon or was she a biblical she, Christian or neither? She was a biblical Christian. She was a okay. biblical Christian. So, um, so that drive was probably 18 hours. So we get home and I, and I'm like, you know what? Like I'm such a people pleaser. And so I was like, you know what? People have been living my life for me. And so I am just going to leave, leave the church because like, I'm sick of people nagging at me of being Mormon. And so I ended up leaving and okay, so was this drive back with your boyfriend slash fiance? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So you made the yep. drive together. So did he hear the whole conversation or did she just like pull you aside separately so, to kind of say, girl, you should know better? Right. So, so she and I ended up going out for dinner and then he ended up staying with her husband and kids. So her husband actually had given him the third degree as well even though he, he was Mormon for six years before. Okay, I was going to say, was he a convert or was he, was he born in it? No, he was a convert. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we get home and, you know, I tell my mom, you know, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to leave the church, the Mormon church. And then, and so she's, she's stoked, obviously. So um, I ended up telling Eric, or I ended up telling my fiance, Mm -hmm. Um, I ended up saying, you know, you can stay in the church or you can leave with me, but if you stay, we can't get married. Um, so he ends yeah. up leaving, he ends up leaving with me. Oh, okay. And we start church, church shopping, trying to find a church like the Mormon church. Okay. So I, I like need to pause you there for just a second. So he's been a convert for six years, um, you're dating, proposed, engaged. So was he already having doubts? Because that's kind of unusual for a woman or one of the two in a relationship to kind of give that sort of ultimatum and have the other person just kind of go, okay, I'll leave too. I mean, it doesn't usually happen that right, way. Right. So, I mean, had he been having his own doubts? Did the conversation he have with um, the husband of your friend? What's, can you give us a little bit more of that story there? Just because that's, just because that's so unusual. And I know anybody right. who is familiar with performance-based religious groups, whatever they may be, know that very seldom does somebody just kind of make that quick right-hand turn right. away from the group. He actually had, had not been having doubts. Um, he, he had had a dream that we were married before we even got engaged. Okay. He had a dream that we had had kids together. 
And so he basically wanted to make me happy um, and do what I basically do what I wanted to do. Okay. Or what would get you to marry him? Or what would get me to marry him? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. So do you think there was anything in the back of his mind? Hey, I will leave the church uh, just so I can stay with her, get her to marry me. And who knows, maybe after we're married, we can move back in that direction. That's exactly what, that's exactly what his thinking was because, um, four and a half months into the marriage, he actually came to me and said, you know, the only reason I married you was because I thought you'd be a submissive wife and go back to the Mormon church with me after we were married. (laughs) Oh, well, that's like a really great (laughs) basis for a relationship. Um, So, okay, Um, I'm just going to let you continue your story because this is just fascinating how this is all playing out. So just go ahead and keep going, Mary. Okay, so then, so he, we end up leaving. We end up looking for different churches in in Bloomington. We went to an Assembly of God church. We went to a non-denominational church. We went to a Methodist church. We went to a Baptist church. Usually, Lutheran church, usually every couple months, we went to a different church. Okay. And just because we didn't feel like we fit there. Um, And so, but I think, like, our thinking was we're going to find a church like the Mormon church. But there really is, um, I mean, up until two years ago, like, I I wasn't able to really find a church that was really big in community. Okay. Wow. That's so sad. Can I interject here? (laughs) Because we deal with this issue with a number of people who decide to leave the Mormon church, right? And then are looking for something similar. One thing that I realized when I left the Mormon church and went to biblical faith was Bible-believing Christians had a strong and powerful and personal relationship with a living God. And that was their number one place to go. They didn't have to be surrounded in community, although that is also a wonderful thing that is part of being a believer. However, the first place you need to be going is to the to the God of the Bible and to his word. And so I seek biblical Christians as a little bit more independent, maybe, mm-hmm. than the people yeah. that I knew in Mormonism. But you have to walk with the God of the Bible for a while before you kind of um, form this personal relationship. Yes. Um, otherwise, other people seem to matter more even than God. Does that make any sense, Mary? Does any of that Yes. <laughs> yep, very much so. So we're okay. down to a couple of minutes, I think. Girl. Yeah, we so. are. Um, <laughs> we've got yeah probably about a minute left. So I, obviously we're going to need a Mary part two. Um, so can you do that for us, Mary? Yeah, absolutely. Would love to. And I guess what I'd like to have you do in the last 30 to 45 seconds that we've got here is just, I guess, give us a quick you know, what can we expect in part two? Just a little bit. I mean, where's your story going to go? 
And then what would you say to somebody who is where you were maybe um, either drawn into uh, the same-sex attraction lifestyle um, and just let you take the last 30, 45 seconds to encourage people and maybe give them an idea of what's coming up? So in, in, the, next, um, in the next session of, of my testimony, I will basically um, just talk about my, I actually end up going back to the Mormon church. Um, for the next five years, I end up going in and out of the church. And wow. Okay. then <clears throat> through the Lord, with the Lord's help, I come in contact with Adams Road, Lynn and Mike Wilder. And through, through their, through them, God just totally has taken me out of Mormonism and into the biblical Christianity. Wow, that's so cool. Well, thank you. We look forward to joining you uh, next time for the rest of your story. And for everyone who's listening, thank you so much for being a part of the podcast. We hope that these episodes help your life and your relationships flourish. In Jesus, that's what we're about. So Lynn, any final greetings to people? Well, remember to go to the unveilinggracepodcast.com website to listen to a number of podcasts also on iTunes. Leave us a comment and um, you're certainly welcome to get a hold of us personally as well off of the website. Thank you for listening. Absolutely. And also, don't forget that on our website as well, you can find the show notes for each of the episodes and transcripts. We are adding transcripts. So thanks again for being a part of the podcast. May your life and relationships flourish as you experience a grace that heals. Thank you for listening to the Unveiling Grace podcast. Join us next time for another conversation devoted to helping your life and relationships flourish. As always, you can find show notes, program transcripts, and leave us your comments and questions at unveilinggracepodcast.com. For a limited time, we are offering the Wilder's book, Seven Reasons We Left Mormonism, for a donation of any amount. Go to unveilinggracepodcast.com and click on the free book button to request yours. We greatly appreciate your support for the Unveiling Grace podcast, where you can experience a grace that heals.